Welcome to the New Hope Church podcast, where reverence meets relevance. We are currently in a three-part series titled Parenting by the Book. Here's this week's message from our pastor, Dr. Benji Kelly. Good, 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 good morning. How you guys doing? See the magnet on the back of that car? You guys over there in Garner, do you see the magnet on the back of that car? Coffee house crowd, magnet on the back of that car. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus, should grab a magnet right in front of you. It's right there in the book rack, in the chair in front of you, and throw that bad boy on your car. Seriously, do you know that when I meet with the guests um, every Sunday in the Next Steps room, um, the most popular way now that people come to our church is through a stinking magnet on the car. (laughs) Unbelievable outreach potential to think that somebody's eternal destiny can be changed because you put a magnet on your car is amazing i went to the went to the mall last night man my wife and i we had a a wedding here so i presided over the wedding and then we went to this on the spontaneous date night and uh we went old school baby we went old school we went to titanic imax 3d dog it was awesome unbelievable and the, the mall was have you been to the mall on saturday night Lord, help me. Uh, we spent probably, no joke, 12, 13 minutes looking for a parking spot. Um, but what I noticed as we looked for the parking spot was New Hope magnets everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. So if you don't have a magnet on your car, put one on your uh, car. I'm so glad you're here today. Love you guys over in Garner. Love you guys in the coffee house, the NCCIW. We keep every Sunday now, well, not every Sunday, but, but it's almost like once or twice a month, we've got somebody getting out of NCCIW and coming here and worshiping here in the house of the Lord. Somebody here today. There's somebody here today, and we welcome you. So glad you are here. Hey, each week, this is what I'm going to do um, as I start teaching for the next four Sundays because I only got four left. So every, oh. so every Sunday, I'm going to take a few moments and speak to you globally, uh, to our different campuses and to you guys, because my time is very limited. Uh, next Sunday, we are finishing Parenting by the Book. You don't want to miss it. If you just get today's message without next week, you've only got half the equation, I believe, on solid biblical parenting. Next week, I'm going to be talking about discipline, okay? A very important topic. After that, we start a series on Ephesians. We're just going to plow through the book of Ephesians verse by verse. I encourage you to, you know, over the next few weeks, just read through the book of Ephesians. It's an easy, short book to read, but it's a power-packed book. Um, Then I go to the Holy Land with 30 of you uh, for 10 days, and then I'm back to pick back up on Ephesians. And then May 20th rolls around, and May 20th is the party on the patio. If you haven't been baptized, want to baptize you on that. If you've got a child to be dedicated, would love to do that. Um, that's the day that I want to hug every single one of you. And we're going old school. We're going to have a potluck. I'm talking like church on the grounds, baby. Uh, we've, we've never, I don't know, that well, we did it early, early, early on in the history of this church. So we're going old school. Some of you can cook. Some of you can't still bring it. They'll eat it. I trust you. I tr- trust me. They'll eat it. Um, Bring it, and I know all of you can cook. Bring it, if you have to, stop by the store and buy something in the name of Jesus, and then put it in your own stuff, (laughs) and throw that bad boy on the table, and nobody will know. My wife won't do that stuff, man. I I tell her she doesn't doesn't, uh, doesn't buy it. Um, Where was I? So that's that's May 20th, my last day. 
before I'm gone for three months. Okay, and, and uh, if you're new here, I'm not gone permanently. I am taking uh, a three-month sabbatical with my family that my family was awarded through uh, the Lilly Endowment out of Indianapolis. It's a clergy renewal deal. And so I'll be gone three months. But listen, this summer is going to rock. I mean, we've got some of the best teachers around. They're going to be coming in. Some are going to be coming in and teaching. Uh, i got Craig Rochelle coming in. teaching. He's going to be teaching a message. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, Kevin Myers out of 12 Stone in Atlanta, my best buddy. Um, we've, got, uh, we've got Ryan Brooks in the house. Y'all know Ryan. Uh, we've got Ch- um, Chad Lunsford, Scott Stevenson, those guys. We got a series on heroes of the faith. We're going to be looking at the Bible, looking at heroes of the faith. I mean, guys, it is going to be an incredible summer. I've spent the last three months trying to make it the best summer we've ever had here. And so lean in, dial in, stay engaged as my family goes on a spiritual journey of a sabbatical. Um, After doing this thing now for 11 years, we're tired. Like, really? We're tired. And uh, so we're, we're asking God to refresh us and restore us and renew us as you go on the same spiritual journey here with us as you're growing and leaning in and then we will be back at the end of August and uh, it will be I don't I don't know what it'll be like Um, some of you know what it's like when I just go on vacation for a week I mean I I come back and it's crazy Um, the staff are like they they don't they're getting ready for when I come back because I'm just gonna download all these things that I'm sure God will have showed me during that time. So that's, that's where we're going. Um, and I uh, just want you to know that. I need to ask you to do a few things here real quickly. And then we're going to wrap up. Um, guys, we're, we're, we're out of space on Sunday mornings. Um, our second service is slammed. We got the coffee house. It's full. Um, the noon service is now full. And so I just want you to be thinking about. And I'm not going to ask for a, a response today. But I want you to be thinking about. Uh, whether or not you would make a move in the fall to an evening service, a Sunday evening service. Here's the deal. we got to move about 1,000 people or our vision will suffer and we will stop reaching people. Um, so you guys are awesome. Uh, you guys are awesome. You're, you're here today and, and, and we're good to go. But I want you to just think about that. And here's the last thing and then we're jumping on in. Um, October 21st. October 21st, we are launching a campus in Sanford, North Carolina. We have a building. We have eight acres of land. Yeah, you can clap. Garner, I know you're clapping over there because you, you blazed the trail for us. Um, we've got a sweet building and like eight acres of land and a church van, old school, and, and a parsonage and all these things that, that God has just kind of laid before us and said, please do something with this. Please, please resurrect this place. And so we're excited about that. That's, that's my way of saying, if some of you live south in the Sanford, Pittsburgh, anything that way, maybe even, maybe even southwest Chapel Hill, um, and you would want to be a part of being a core group to go and reach Sanford for Christ and teach them the word of God and release fully devoted followers, will you just mark your connect card today? In fact, let me go ahead and take out your, your bulletin, tear off those teaching notes because we're getting ready to jump in. There's also a connect card right there. If you would just look where the prayer requests and praise section is, if you just grab that pen in front of you, and if you're interested in being on a core group for the Sanford campus, just mark on there, interested in Sanford. 
or Sanford campus. We're going to be building up a, a group of people that I will then meet with and we'll talk about how we go into these places and we launch these campuses. And uh, man, I would love to have about, I don't know, 100, 150 people who would go and do that with us. It is going to be very, very exciting. Amen? If you're fired up about multi-site church, say amen. amen. Here's the deal, guys. We've got to move about 1,000 people. And if we keep launching these campuses, peeling people off with this movement really just spreads all over central North Carolina. And we're able to handle the outrageous growth that God is giving us. Well, that's enough of that. Um, if you've got your Bibles, open them to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Again, I'm so glad you're here. Grab those teaching notes. And uh, why don't we say a quick prayer as we get into the word of God together. Father, we, um, we ask that you take our minds today and think through them. Lord, just illuminate our minds. And Lord, we know that the scriptures say that the way that you do that is through your word. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so, God, we open this word. We teach from this word every single Sunday asking you to illuminate our minds and take them and think through them. Father, take our hearts and fill with them. We want the heart of Jesus. God, take my lips and speak through them today. For if you do not speak, then absolutely nothing of any significance will be spoken. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Little review. If you missed it last week, you can get the message in the resource center. Last week on a flip chart right here, I, grew, I drew a wheel and spokes and a hub. And the main point of my message was, listen, guys, God, God can't be a spoke in your life. God is supposed to be the what? You guys are awesome. Supposed to be the hub around which everything else, all these compartments that we have, vocation, relationships, marriage, parenting, etc., etc. God is the hub around which everything else radiates. That's what we mean around this church when we talk about releasing fully devoted followers. Not spoke Christians. Not, we never had a vision and a dream to raise up a congregation of complacent note takers. Some Christians, they know way too much in their head, but they don't do squat with it. Okay, So we want God to be the hub of our lives. And when we talk about parenting, the two things that I talked about last week was to teach your children to love. Help me out, church. Your God. That's right. Love your God and lead your You got it. Love your God. Lead your family. Say it with me. Love your God. Lead your family. One more time. Love your God and lead your family. That was part one. Part two today, we're going to drill down on learning how to parent from Jesus. Because parenting is hard work. Can I get an amen? It's the hardest thing I've ever tried to do. Ever. I mean, guys, it is harder than, than starting and growing this church. Parenting is hard Hard, and the single parents among us, you single parents, I, I don't have a clue how you do it. You are like my hero. You, for, you, for you to try to raise children by yourself while many of you work a job or two, and the fact that you made it to church, Really? Can we give the single moms a hand? 
And then, and then some of you come from blended families, and that's hard work, right, 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 right? Yeah, you clap for blended families. That's, that's hard work. And then you, some of you come from families, you know, you know, traditional family, whatever that means. Um, but, but, like, you know, that's hard work. Uh, there's a movie called Stepmom. I watched it one time with Amy Lynn, and, uh, oh, my Lord, bawled my eyes out. But I want you to see that it just kind of depicts how challenging parenting can be. Check it out. What is it that you're worried about, looking bad at the PTA? Are you defending what you did? Right to the ground. You put filth in my child's mouth. Oh, please. You had her lie about that model. And it worked like a charm. <laughs> and you became a hero, and I became a schmuck. Basically, you taught my child that I am a loser who doesn't really care about her pain. That's not what I was trying to do. Well, that's what you did. Did you think that I didn't have some dirty words for that little putz? That I couldn't figure out some low blows? You weren't passing them out. Well, I believe in a crisis you have an opportunity to learn something. That's deep. It was a lie. Winning without dignity or grace is not winning. She has to figure out who she is so she can stand up to peer pressure, so that, so that she can steer her own course. She wasn't steering her own course. She was steering yours. Oh, well, that's what parenting is all about, little girl. They are pleading for you to tell them how to do the right thing. And sure as that's what you've done. And the next time something happens and the stakes are really high, she's going to look back on this and she's going to remember how easy it was and how good it felt. And she's going to stand up for herself. Uh, Dear God, what have I done? You have turned her into you. That's what this is about. That's all this is about. Oh, how would you know what this is about? You haven't been here from the beginning, worrying every minute of every day that the decisions you're making are going to shape the people that they are going to be. And you are not what I want my children to be. I don't want that either. But this isn't about me or you. It's about them. And believe it or not, I am trying. And I do have their very best interests at heart. So, so let's just let's just acknowledge and all agree universally here. Those of you watching via the internet, whatever the case might be, our campuses. Let's just all agree, guys. Parenting is hard work. Amen. And let's just, let's just kill this false illusion. None of us do it perfectly. Like some of you are here and you think, listen guys, you think that you're the only one that's doing a bad job. Or you think, maybe another way to put it, you think the rest of us are doing it perfectly. And I said last week, disclaimer number one, let me just disclaim it one more time. Just because I got five kids and just because I'm up here teaching this message does not mean that I am a perfect parent. Far from it. I lean heavily upon God's word. I lean heavily upon other teachers, commentaries, books. I read all I can on parenting. Parenting is hard work. And here's another false solution, and then we're jumping on into the text. Some of you are here today, and the reason you're here is because you're excited that I'm doing a series on parenting, and you think that it's our job as a church to parent your child. 
One lady said to me last Sunday, she said, I'm so glad y'all are here to parent my children. And I said, <clears throat> let me help you with the facts. And here is how I wanted to show you today that I want to help you with the facts. 52. 52. You know what that represents? We have 52 hours with your child a year if you bring them every Sunday. 52 is all that we have as a church. Now listen, we will partner with you and we want to partner with you and we spend tons of resources and tons of staff and tons of energy. I mean, children's ministry at this church, and this is why some of you are here. It's not my preaching, that's for sure. Some of you are here because you love the fact that we got an awesome children's ministry. And it's always been that way. We, we want to partner with you, and we're going to continue to spend just bukus of resources and time and energy to impact the next generation. If you like it, say amen. amen. Yeah, so that's, that's like core value, high core value for us as a church. But even if you're here every Sunday, we only have 52 hours with your precious biscuit stature. You have over 26 hundred hours with them over the course of a year. See the difference? Which is why it is so imperative that here's an idea. You do your part at home. We do our part here at the church. God gets the glory because that child will grow up in the way of the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And today, we're going to go right to school on Jesus. I don't know about you. I think like Jesus is like a good person to listen to. Like I just run to Jesus all the time. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. And you might think, well, I never knew Jesus really taught us anything about parenting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, John 10. John 10, verses 13 through 16. Let's read it out loud together. Garner, I want you to read it so loud. Coffee House, I want you to read it so loud that I can hear you from here. Are we ready? Say amen. amen. Let's do it. Ready? Go. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw them, he was indignant. Let's continue. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, will never enter into it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. Take out your teaching notes or type it into your iPhone or your iPad or whatever you use. Here is parenting in Jesus style. Are you ready? Say amen. amen. Number one, parenting is hard work. Here's the way that gets us ahead of the ball game. Loving touch. Loving touch. Touch. Did you notice in the verse, people were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. Now, listen, guys, if you're going to get this one, just leave that up there for a moment. If you're going to get this for uh, it to settle deep into your soul, some of you are going to have to address the fact that you are like me or like I was, and you've got a whacked out image of Jesus touching people. Like you've watched too much late night preaching. 
And some of you, when you think of Jesus touching, you think of Jesus, I heal you in the name of Jesus, right? You, when I talk about Jesus' touch, you think of big hair, about a quarter inch of makeup, and you've seen this stuff. Some of you have experienced it live, but be healed in the name of Jesus. And normally, Jesus has about eight syllables. Jesus, right? Right? Huh? Have you be healed in the name of Jesus? Right? Some of you have seen that. Some of you experience. We do that in my family, by the way. We do just for fun. My kids get out of line, man. I'll do one of those right upside their head. Boom! Be healed in the name of Jesus. We do. I'm serious. And what's funny is I've seen my kids do it to each other. I mean, wouldn't you agree it's better than punching each other? Like, I've seen my youngins heal, bless another one in the name of Jesus. And it's one of the funniest things you've ever seen in your life. But listen, listen. <laughs> it's the loving touch of Jesus. And some of you got to get that whacked out image out of your mind. That's... That's not the loving, but we don't have any scriptural references of Jesus doing that stuff. Okay? So you got to get that image out of your mind. We find a key clue with, with the Greek word here is haptamahi. Haptamahi actually means to attach oneself, to embrace or touch. So when the Bible says Jesus touched the little children, he haptamahi, he embraced them. He attached himself to the children it means very literally to touch you, you kind of get the image of of jesus saying bring the little children to me and he, he he's embracing them he's he's touching them he's in an appropriate way he's he's loving them guys listen parents nothing replaces your loving touch. I'm going to talk about discipline next week. We can't talk about discipline without first establishing that the loving touch comes first. When you touch them, you, you, you represent that touch of Christ. When you, when you, and guys, we, we sometimes, we stop doing this and it's deadly for our children. This, this German, German king did an experiment in the 13th century. True story. Had 50 babies brought to a laboratory and instructed the women in the laboratory, all you can do, all you can do is feed the child and change the child's diaper. You cannot touch the child. You cannot say any words to the child. You cannot get emotionally connected to the child. He was doing a research on the power of touch, and all 50 of them eventually died. It's this, it's this, this, this fetal syndrome death that comes from, from the, the, the extrapolation of touch, the pulling away of touch, the power of touch. And parents, we, we got to understand that, that this is so important. And some of you are here like, and you don't do good with this because you came up in a family where touch was not embraced. If you came up from an older generation, man, you know this, particularly with dads, touch was, touch was just not embraced. Like I came from a culture, listen guys, here's what a man does. You lock onto somebody's hand. 
and you shake that hand, and don't you come up with me with some soft, wet, little sissy fish trying to shake my hand. You lock onto a man's hand, you look him in, that's a holy moment. You look him in the eye. You give him your word, and your word is your word. Like seriously, that, that's a holy moment. None of this huggy stuff. And in rare situations in the culture I grew up with, maybe like at a funeral or something, if you do a hug or you're going off to serve the country or whatever, you do a, if you do a hug, if you're a man, it's, it's at best. It's, it's a quick hug. It's two seconds at best. Three quick pats, pat, 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 and it's over. And you walk away. Right? Right. That, that was a hug. And, and it's interesting. I mean, the only exception was in sports. The only exception was in sports, man. In sports, man, you could pat a man on his butt. And it's real, it's weird, man. You, 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 so in sports, man, my dad would pat me, my brother would pat, would pat one another. Never cup your hand. You cup your hand and pat me on the butt, you might go meet Jesus. Got to be a flat hand. Got to be a flat hand. Don't you cup your hand and pat me on my butt. Even on the baseball field, don't you do it. Right? Right? <laughs> huh? Huh? But, but no cupping, flathead only. But sports, sports, it was a rare exception, rare exception. And so that was my world. <laughs> but then I like, I, guys, listen, guys, because some of you are there. And then I had a head-on collision with Jesus in October 23rd, 1988. Now God. Like, now God gets up in the equation. And I'm telling you that God, it's only God has done a work in my life where, where I can now love and hug men. I can love and hug my children. Where I came from a culture where I didn't get any of that. I can touch them and hug them and love them. And I'm telling you guys, it is so incredibly important. If you look over here in Mark 6, there's another great verse about this. Mark 6, 56. So it's not just about children. Check it out. Here it goes. And wherever he went into villages, towns or countrysides, they placed the sick in the marketplace. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were what, church? Healed. Interesting little fact, by the way. You go and you study through scriptures where Jesus touched people, almost without exception, it's inextricably linked to healing. Fascinating. Fascinating. When you touch somebody, when you touch a sick person, when you touch a lonely person, when you touch a homeless person, when you touch a spouse, when you touch a child, your child, listen, it can be healing. It's so incredibly important. And dads, all oh dads, all oh dads, here's, here's what we do because it's, it's kind of easy when they're little because like they don't really know anything and you can just snuggle and cuddle and love them. And, but then they start to grow up and they turn into little people. <laughs> and, and it gets a little tricky. And with the girls, the girls particularly, listen dads, please listen to uh, dads of daughters. I know they start to develop. Their body parts start to develop and they get hormonal. God bless the tween years. You know what I mean? 
good Lord. And, 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 then, and then you get, you get a little weird out. You get a little awkward because your little baby has now gone from being a little girl to a little young woman. And guys, here's what we do. Classic. Textbook case. We stop touching them. Dads. That's when they need you to touch them the most. Dads. That's when they need you to appropriately touch them the most. Because dads, if you don't appropriately touch them, I can promise you some hairy leg, you know what, like I talked about last week, is going to try to touch them. And every hug, every embrace, every touch that you don't give them, they might very well get from someone else. very important and with guys with the boys that's the girl thing and they might pull away you gotta you gotta find appropriate ways you gotta find fun ways to do it. but you can do it with your girl you can do it with your girl you gotta you gotta work through and I don't have time to talk about strategies but you gotta press through you gotta you gotta you gotta push through the I don't know why that was funny you gotta push through the awkwardness but there are strategies you gotta think about these things Guy, boys, I will hit that one real quick. Boys, they're fun too. They're easy. But when they start getting a little bit older, if you're not careful for the boy, it will be uncool. It's uncool. So you've got to figure out how to touch your boys when it's cool. Like cool handshakes. We, 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 we've probably learned dozens of handshakes. I need, I need, I need, I need, I'm going to show some. I'm going to show one. I feel led to show a handshake. Can I get a volunteer? I need a dude. Got to be a dude. Got to be a dude. Got to be a dude. Give it up for CT. Now, CT, the one we've been doing here lately, it's called the quad. It's the quad, babe. I love this guy right here. I love when you, the quad, the quad. So here's the quad, CT. This is what I do with my boys. I'm looking at my boys. We go one. No, don't, don't grab. Don't grab. One, two, three. Four, then we do this. Then we, then we step back because we're athletes. We do a boom, 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 boom. You know how they do that in the sports world. Boom, 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 boom. And then have you seen CT? Do you see how athletes, when they score a big bucket or something, they run to each other and they... Oh! Give it up for CT. Give it up. Thanks, man. Hey, I, 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 got, I got... CT did great. I'd say on a scale of 1 to 10, CT did a... Man, I never would have expected it to be that good, CT. You, you did at least an 8.5. But can I show you a 10? I, I talked my boy into doing this. Caleb Kelly. Kelly. Caleb Kelly should be in the house somewhere. Woo, come give it up for Caleb. What's up, man? All right, watch the quad, man. This guy, this guy, this guy actually invented the quad. He invented the quad. You ready, dog? You ready? Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Good job, Caleb. Good job, man. You, you, got, you got to do it. You got to figure out how to do it, man. You, and and now, now we, we walk around the house. I got four boys. Glory, hallelujah. Better than four girls. That's really not true. The only thing that's true about that is you don't have four weddings to pay for, but I'm just saying. Um, 
No, I love my boys, man. My boys are awesome. Anna Grace is awesome. But we, we, we walk around the house, and with the boys, man, we're not, they're coming through, and we're high-fiving, and we're quadding it up. I can show you many, many more. What am I doing? Touching them in a way that's cool and fits who they are. Moms and dads, listen, moms and dads. Loving touch. Loving touch. Okay. Here's the second one if you're taking notes. Abundant time. Abundant time. Parenting involves lots and lots of time. Someone asked the questions, how do kids spell love? T-I-M-E. Time. And guys, this is where it gets hard. Because you're busy. And I'm busy. But time is key. The Bible says this in Mark 10, 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus... To have him, what's the word? Touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. In other words, the disciples said, he's too busy. He's got people to raise from the dead. He's got the sick to heal. He's got the sermon on the mount to teach. He's got stuff to do. There's not time in his daytimer for these little biscuit snatchers. And Jesus, I love this. Jesus, verse 14, when Jesus saw them, he was, he was what church? He was indignant. Now here's a translation for you. He was hacked off. You study the original language. Indignant tries to get at it, but Jesus was not pleased with the disciples trying to keep the children from coming to him. He was indignant. So he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Jesus, quite possibly the busiest guy on the planet, wouldn't you say? You think he had a little job to do? What do you say? Oh, what, what, what are you doing today, Jesus? Oh, I think I'm going to go save planet Earth. <laughs> he was busy. And he made time. Like, like, how many of you, we're in church, so you've got to be honest when I ask you these questions. Like, how many of you are NASCAR fans? Show of hands, raise them up high, raise them up high. Jesus can deliver you today. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. It's actually, I, I've been to a few races, and I, I like it live. I, I used to watch a little bit of it on TV, but if my kids come in and it's on TV, I'm talking weeping and gnashing of teeth. It is not good. So, so, but, but like I, I, I even went to the uh, Richard Petty School of Driving in Charlotte, and I, I drove one of the cars around the track for a video we did here about five years ago. Some of you remember that. You can go watch it on our line online. It is awesome. I'm talking 180 miles an hour into the curve. They grip on that track. I mean, it is awesome. Um, but I, but, but it, it's, I don't know that it's a sport. Like I'm practicing for it though. I'm working up to it. Let me let me try it out on you. Drive straight. Turn left. Drive straight. Turn left. You don't know NASCAR, so if you said turn right, there is no turning right. You're already delivered. <laughs> Drive straight. Turn left. Drive straight. Turn left. Yeah, you got to use brakes. Yeah, I'm really just giving you a hard time. I, for those guys who go out there and do that for like four hours in hot cars, bumping and running at 200, 200 plus miles an hour, it's amazing. But here's what really impresses me about NASCAR. It's not all that. What really impresses me about NASCAR, the thing I like the most when I do watch it, is the pit stops. 
I'm talking, guys, come on, can we, even if you're not a NASCAR fan, can we just all acknowledge that for you to pull a little car into a small little place and, and seven or eight dudes jump around that car, change all four tires, pull the little thin thing off the windshield to give them basically a clean windshield, fill that bad boy up with gas, pull dings out, bents out, dents out, all that kind of stuff in like 12 to 15 seconds, that's impressive. That, that's, that's impressive. But, but here's what I see when I look at parenting in our culture. I see a lot of people practicing pit stop parenting. Hey, how you doing today? How was your day? Oh, good. Hey, you give them a few little things of advice. You know, hey, don't talk with your mouth full. Don't eat yellow snow. Do your homework. Go to bed, see you tomorrow. Bye. Zoom, zoom, bam. It's done. It's, it's, it's pit stop parenting. And, and actually, guys, I, I, some, some of us do better than that. Uh, we do better than 12 to 15 seconds. The last stat that I read this week said that an overwhelming number of parents spend about 37 to 57 seconds in significant conversation with their child. I don't mean just talking and passing. This study was around significant, meaningful conversation. pit stop parenting it doesn't quite work guys billy graham i'm a big billy graham fan the day billy graham breathes his last and it won't be long i'm gonna be a i'm gonna be a wrecked puppy billy graham was asked not long ago in fact you know who billy graham is some of you're young and you're just checking out christianity you're not quite he's like, billy graham i mean one of the greatest preachers of our of the 20th century, um, crusades, led hundreds of thousands of people to Christ, walked the line with integrity and morality and, and never, never, never went the way that unfortunately some do. I mean, just an amazing man of God. He, he was asked not long ago, if you could do it all over again, what, what would you change? What would you do differently? And Billy Graham didn't say, he, he, he didn't say, I would preach more crusades. He, he didn't say, I would open up more institutions for pastors. He didn't say, he didn't even say, and Billy Graham, the, 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 the most incredible evangelist of all time, he didn't say, I would, I would use my life to save more souls. He said, if I could do it all over again, I would spend more time with my children. Here's the third thing. Third thing, guys. Listen. Number one, loving touch. Two, abundant time. Teaching practices based on Jesus. Encouraging talk. Encouraging talk. Again, we can't look at discipline next week until we look at these very important three things. Loving touch, abundant time, encouraging talk. Right in the word talk. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them. Help me out, church. And what? Blessed them. He blessed them. I love that. Don't you wonder what he said? Don't you wonder what Jesus Christ said to the little children that the writers of Scripture would declare? He blessed them. Your mouth, your tongue 
can be a blessing or a curse. James, in the book of James, likens it to, to the power of a little match that could set a whole forest on fire. The Bible likens it to a rudder on a ship that can change the course. One little rudder can change the course of an entire ship. Are you using your mouth? Am I using my mouth, my tongue, my lips to speak blessings over my children? I, I don't always ace this. Again, I'm not the perfect parent. And I came from a family where the habit, the DNA, was you don't use words to bless. You use words to beat up and curse. And again, now God. God came into the equation. And it's just been wrecking me. The Bible says this, let us encourage one another. Let us encourage one another and what? Build each other up. It struck me this week that, that the words of the Father to Jesus. Do you remember what the words of the Father were to Jesus when Jesus was baptized? Some of you are going to get baptized on May 20th. And by the way, every baptism, every single baptism I've ever done here, I remind the, the baptismal candidates of this verse. And I, I tell them with ears of faith, you'll hear God declare this over you today. If you'll just listen with ears of faith, not audibly ears of faith, you'll hear God declare this. When Jesus came up out of the waters of baptism, when John baptized him, scholars call this a theophany. It happened a few times in scripture. It's one of the few times we hear the words of the father over Jesus. When Jesus came up out of the waters of baptism, the father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The father said to the son, that a boy, you're doing great. You're on the right track. I'm so proud of you. And for me, when I read those words, like I get emotional. Because like I, I so desperately wanted to hear that growing up. And now as a parent, I so desperately want to give that to my children. To bless them. Say, I had a boy. I had a girl. I'm so proud of you. I love you. You are knocking it out of the park. Way to go. And when we do that, church, we actually bless our children. We bless them with life. We bless them with hope. We bless them with meaning. How many of you, how many of you are country fans? So you don't know, you don't know what I'll say, but very simple, hi, be proud, because I'm with you right here, baby. Country! You're, you're next to godliness, those of you who just raised your hand. Now, now we can pray for all the others. Actually, I like all kinds of music, man. I like funk, I like country, I like, I like rock and roll. I'm an old school rocker. But I love country music. Kenny Chesney came up with a song three years ago. It's entitled Don't Blink. 
Don't blink. Can I, can I play you a minute of it? Check it out. I turned on the evening news, saw an old man being interviewed, turning a hundred and two today. I asked him what's the secret to life, he looked up from his old pipe, laughed and said all I could say is, don't blink. Just like that, you're six years old and you take a nap and you wake up and you're 25 Then your high school sweetheart becomes your wife Don't blink, you just might miss your babies growing like mine did Turning into moms and dads, next thing you know You better have a 50 years as they're in bed and you pray and God takes you instead Trust me, friend A hundred years goes faster than you think So don't blink Can I tell you that um, The thing I struggle with the most is how fast they grow up. Like when you ask me how we're doing and we say, great, life couldn't be better. It's true. I, when you ask me about my kids, I so love parenting. Which is why we, <laughs> we had five. Like, I love parenting. As hard as it is, I love it. For two reasons. One is, nothing... Nothing, I believe, in me, my case, nothing puts me on the anvil of God's transformative work like parenting. I mean, have you ever realized that? Have you realized parenting just shows you how stinking selfish you are? Have you noticed this? Parenting shows me how stinking sinful I am. And through, through parenting and trying to be the kind of person that I want them to become by trying to be Jesus in the flesh to them and raise them in the way of the Lord. It, it's one of the, the key catalysts that God's been using in my life for the last 14 years to hopefully make me a little more like Jesus. I mean, like, I really and truly love parenting. But here's what I hate about it. How fast they grow up. And the reason I love that song... It's true. You don't have to be a country music fan to get it. It's true. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. Next time you have a baby, God, man, we are having a baby boom at this church. There are babies up in a bunch of bellies up in this place. Like never, like we've never seen it before. Here's what you need to do. Moms, those of you who will have babies, next time you have a baby and you hold that precious thing in your arms, I want you to take a mental picture And blink. And when you open your eyes, they'll be walking across the floor. And when you see them take those first few steps, I want you to, to, to take a picture. And you blink. 
And before you know it, you'll be pushing them on a bicycle. And they'll be riding for the very first time without training wheels. And when you open your eyes from that blink, you will see them walk out of your car or away from the bus stop. And they'll be going to school for the first time. And I want you to just close your eyes and just blink for just a moment and take a picture. And when you open your eyes, there will come a day, there will come a day when you'll actually see them get in a car. <laughs> and you'll pray like you've never prayed before. And they say, well, how, out of that driveway in that car. Take a picture. And then you'll open your eyes and they'll be graduating from high school. Take a picture. When you open your eyes one day, they'll be going off to college. If you're like me, you're praying. It's right here. Right here. Please, Central North Carolina. We've got lots of colleges. And you blink. And one day they'll be standing at the altar. Take a picture. You don't believe me? Then you just blink. And you'll miss the greatest, most awesome responsibility. That God has placed before you. Parents, loving touch. Loving touch. Abundant time. Encouraging talk. Parenting in the practices of Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Um, thank you for, for our kids. And God, you know, because I share it with you all the time, one of the things I, I dislike the most is how fast it all goes by. God, I pray that as a result, we would, we would seize the moments. I pray, God, that, that as a result, we would absolutely understand that every single second that we have with our kids, every single minute, every single hour is absolutely priceless. 
And Father, here's what I know about the people who are here and those that are at our campuses and watching it online. God, we don't want to miss it. We don't want to blink and one day realize we missed the greatest, most incredible opportunity we had. So Father, would you take this holy moment, this sacred ground, the tears that are being shed all over this movement right now, and would you allow us to not lose this moment? Would you allow us to not walk out of here and just forget about this moment? But that we would be parents, God, that learn from Jesus here in Mark chapter 10 how to take children, children in general as a church, God, but children that are ours, that you have so graciously given us, to embrace them, to attach ourselves to them, to love them, to give them time, God. We are busy people. It, it is an epidemic in our culture, Father. We are just way too busy. Remind us today, God, that we can, we can get all the things of this world, the nice homes, the cars, all the things of this world, but if we miss this, if you've called us to be a parent, if we miss this, None of that other crap matters. It'll rust. It'll decay. It'll be destroyed. So give us the wisdom, God, to, to put our children on our calendars. God, for some of us, we need you to just, we need you to, to transform our mouths. Say, we say the wrong things, God, and, and, and words can't be brought back. Give us discipline with our tongues. Yes, we, we would discipline them like we talk about next week, but give us the ability, Father, to use our, our mouths to bless our kids. Pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the bottom of our homepage. We hope you will join us next week. God bless and thank you for being part of our church family.